Yo. Hey, how you going, mate? Not bad. We are recording. Yeah, good, good, good. So I just wanted to do this as a bit of a follow-up after the graft and on the weekend because I uh, had, had some positive feedback, believe it or not, on the last one. Had some overwhelming support. <laughs> <laughs> it's surprising. Yeah, it's yeah. surprising. But, um, yeah, I just thought we could... Um, sort of rehash the race a little bit and learn a little bit more about you. And we would have done it on, on Sunday, but uh, <laughs> we were taking on a Joe Cooper brewery tour of the Gold Coast. So uh, I'm not sure how much sense we would have made. Yeah, it might have been amusing, though. <laughs> could have been. <laughs> well, it definitely would have been. But, uh... yeah. So congratulations. Oh, thanks, mate. It was uh, – it's one of the – more inspired rides I've uh, ever witnessed. I must say it was uh, it was it was pretty pretty bloody good, oh, and uh, certainly uh, puts you up there with the best domestic classics riders in Australia. That's for sure. You're the uh, definitely long distance specialist. Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, I've been wanting to win that one for a while, so it's good to tick that off. I think. Yeah, I think only I read something that like only five people have won Grafton and Warney. I think so. Yeah, it's good to get on that list. Do you know who they are? Um, I think one was Dave McKenzie. Um, I'm just trying to find it now, actually. Um, I'll tell you in a second. Yeah, so it's uh, Michael Lynch, Jamie Drew, Dave McKenzie and Robert McLaughlin. Yeah. And then, but I'm still the only one to win Warney back to back, though. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, uh, well, Dave McKenzie and Rob McLaughlin. That's my era, so that's quite a while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back, yeah. back in the glory days. So maybe we'll just back up a little bit. So, um, say for the two or three people that are going to listen to this, when did you start riding a <laughs> ball? Um, I started when I was about uh, like 18 or something. I used to play so pretty, pretty late. Yeah, pretty late. Like I used to play footy. I played footy basically all my life, AFL, and then water skied a fair bit, and then just yeah, I just got like mum or dad were never into it. I just randomly start like rode a mountain bike for fun, and then dad had like an old steel race bike he used to use just for fitness and stuff, and then just randomly started riding that, and it just grew from there. I suppose well, it. Yeah, everyone that rides know how knows how addictive the sport is, so I guess it just yeah took off. <laughs> So when did you start getting really serious about it? Um, I don't know. I think maybe when I was – because, yeah, I was fairly into concentrating on, like, my schoolwork and stuff. And then went straight out of high school and did uh, biomedicine at Melbourne Uni. And I was juggling that and starting to race, like, a few NRS events. But I think when I finished that degree and just started riding full-time, I started mainly taking it seriously then. So, I don't know, 20 or 14 or something, maybe. Yeah, okay. And so, previous teams? Um, so, I was on, uh, uh, what was our team called last year? ISO Sports Swiss Wellness. So, same team last year. The year before that, I rode for a team called Kenyan Riders Down Under, which was a bit of a random team. We raced like NRS and in Asia, and I raced a fair bit in the States. Mm-hmm. And then the year before that, I spent the whole year in Canada and the States racing for H&R Block. And then 
uh, yeah, year before that was African wildlife safaris, which doesn't exist anymore. No, no. Yeah. So I didn't know about the US stint. Yeah, yeah. How did that come about? Um, I don't know. I just I always wanted to like go race in the states for some reason. Like it just really appealed to me, and I just emailed a bunch of teams, and they ended up getting back to me. And then yeah, it's just like took it and went over there. It was like yeah, it was a great it was a great year. Really, really enjoyed it. Mm. Probably give you a little bit of a leg up as well, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Like I could spend a fair bit of time at altitude and stuff, which seemed to work out well. But yeah, it was good traveling and stuff. So back on to Grafton. Um, just maybe give us take us through the day. Obviously, it was a really early start. I don't know what time did we start. Uh, it was too early. I remember I was rooming with Cam Bailey, and when the when our alarm went off, we were both just like cursing them, like what the hell? <laughs> and yeah, it was early. And then yeah, it started at yeah what seven fifteen or something, and it was basically Antarctica at the start. But um, yeah, so we got down the start pretty early. But yeah, it was all right. They do a pretty good job, the graphing organisers, I think. You know, I mean, running yeah. a race in New South Wales is yeah. I, I I wouldn't like to do it, but nah, um, they do a very good job. It's they've yeah. I reckon I've been there the last few years, and it's definitely the most well run well run race on the calendar. And especially the fact that they've got not just one race, you've got like all the other divisions as well. So it takes um, a fair bit of organisation to get get that going. Yeah, just as an aside too, they're pretty keen to keep improving you know i've already had a, a feedback sort of questionnaire that i've had to fill out to you know to help them improve for the future so yeah you know it always gives you a pretty good feeling when they're sort of straight onto it like what yeah doing, you know? yeah but yeah you did you did mention the fact that yeah that with it is hard to run races these days in new south wales isn't it as we've seen a few come and go yeah which is a real shame considering it's you know the largest population center we've got closely followed by melbourne yeah you know, racing in Victoria and racing in New South Wales are so far apart in terms yeah. of, you know, the standard and the, you know, just the will of people to make it happen and the, you know, the help people in Victoria get from the from the Victorian police forces. Yeah, that's incredible. it. It's nearly like the opposite in New South Wales. Yeah, so true. I guess yeah, I'm lucky. I live in Victoria, so I have have a fair bit of racing, which is good. But yeah, it'd be good to see it in, improve and more more NIS races in New South would be handy. Mm, mm. So after the neutral section, um, it seemed to me from where I was sitting that it was pretty well sort of on straight away. Yeah, it was Yeah, on straight away, full gas attacks. Then I think nothing really stuck until the first KOM up Cattle Creek, which is about like 23K in or something. And then we kind of, well, we got a fair decent-sized group off the front just before that, actually. And then... The bunch was kind of coming back on the climb, but then like we put the put the hammer down up that KOM, and then that saw saw the break go away. And there was about yeah, I don't know how many, like twenty of us or something. And I think most of the I think the only team to miss it was ACA, and most of the other big teams had two riders from uh, mm. each team, which made it pretty handy. So everyone was willing, most people were willing to work, and then that went out pretty quick. I think. Yeah, that's I I. The, the only sort of thing that came out of that that I can remember that was probably pretty relevant was, yeah, Brisbane only had one. Um, ACA had missed it completely, but they were only calling Sam Crome from our team. Oh, yeah. Um, they weren't calling you. 
And it wasn't until uh, Pat Lane from Inform rolled past the same car and told me I might as well drive to uh, Inform and <laughs> start drinking because you and me were in the break that we knew you were in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, which turned out to be an inspired call on Pat's. Pat's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it works well. So, I mean, from us, from our point of view in the car, you know, I mean, we could see that some of the big hitters had missed the move and we we thought, well, you know, there's going to be fireworks on Gibraltar because it's probably their only chance to really get across and make yeah. a decent dent with most of the teams represented. Yeah. And uh, from from where we were sitting, that's pretty much what happened. Is that Was that, was that how you saw it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. I thought, like, yeah, with the group we had, I thought, uh, yeah, I definitely thought we wouldn't get caught by the bunch, but worst case, like a select group would come across on Gibraltar, which would be pretty good because we'd still have myself and Chrome there. And then hopefully a few of a few of the other guys would make it over the top in the front bunch, which is exactly what happened. I think, yes, and St George maybe put the hammer down in the bunch, and I think, yeah, over the just the over the top couple couple k's after over the top, we got caught by maybe like ten fifteen guys who'd gone off the mm. front up Gibraltar. And then, yeah, then it was on on again from there. Basically, the race started again. Yeah, it did. And then there was a sort of, a sort of, a, it was sort of on and off a bit, wasn't it? Really, until, well, what another a group of four? Yeah, yeah. So there was a few attacks, and like no one, no one really. Everyone was keen to follow stuff, but no one really wanted to fully commit kind of thing. So then, yeah, saw a good opportunity up would arise, then put the hammer down, and then. Yeah, it ended up me, Raf Reinstein from Inform, Tim Cameron from St George, and Feetonby from JPAC. And then yeah, we got a got a good gap pretty quickly. Mm, mm. And you guys, you sort of never really got out that far, did you? Nah, I think yeah, it went out to a few minutes, but yeah, never really got that far. We had, I think like yeah, the conditions over the top of the climb it was absolutely freezing. I remember what. Yeah, just everyone was saying how cold it was. My hands were going numb. And then we had, like, after it got a bit not as sheltered, we had that block headwind. So we're doing, like, at stages, like, just going full gas and doing, like, struggling to tick over 30K now, which is pretty funny. Yeah, so I think it was just, yeah, I was saying to the guys, we've just got to, it's not what we do, how hard we ride out front. It's just what happens behind, basically. So we were just trying to ride within ourselves and not blow up, and hopefully the bunch blew up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and the bunch, from where we were sitting again, the bunch was doing these massive accelerations and there'd be a flurry of attacks and people would follow. And then yeah. they'd just sort of, everyone would sort of swing around and look at each other and more people would sort of come back on. And, yeah. you know, it was just that constant accelerating and then stopping, accelerating and stopping. Whereas you guys were basically just, you know, sort of drumming out a, a pretty even pace and, and just sort of hovering off the front by, you know, two, two and a half, you know, maybe three minutes. Yeah. Um, but never really get being allowed to go, you know. Yeah, there was one stage, I think, like just before the second feed, which is about 160k in, where like the, the bunch was like real close. It came within a minute and we could see them and we were basically like, we, like we're getting caught soon. But then uh, I think what happened was it got split up there was heaps of attacks in the bunch and then it just came back together at the point that we saw it. And then Joel Pearson actually came up in the car and said, like, it's just come back together in the bunch, but they're, like, they've sat up massively. So you guys will go back out again. And that's exactly what happened. So yeah, we're pretty yeah. happy with that. 
Yeah, it was it was funny, you know. <laughs> yeah, like you say, at one point they were sort of in reaching distance and it just stopped again. I think they thought, Oh, that's you know, that's coming back but then you guys just persisted and sort of disappeared a bit. Yeah. So that break the break was working pretty well together. Everyone seemed to me, you know, um, to be it seemed to be pretty honest and pretty well shared around. Is that a fair call? I mean, yeah, it was up and down, but um, from what I could see, everyone was rolling through. Yeah, no, for sure, we worked like perfect together. I'd say no one like skipped a beat at all. Like, yeah, it was great. <laughs> and then, then later on, obviously, I, I guess it was well the last seventy k's. There was a bridging attempt by well Troy Herfoss to start with. Um, tried to get across, and then I think he was joined by Ben Dibble from St George, yeah. and then there was another guy from Mobius. Is that Coyle, Jesse Coyle? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, Jesse Coyle sort of tried to get across, and they were sort of Dibble and um, Herfoss. Herfoss came together, and then sort of Coyle managed to get there, and they were sort of getting closer and closer. But interestingly, the thing that I noticed out of that was. You know, the St. George St. George were trying to bridge with Bible, but um, what was the guy's name in the break? Uh, Tim Cameron. Tim Cameron was still swapping off. And I was like, Gee, Yeah, was... that was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, every time I think uh, there was one stage, Marco, the J-Fake-DS came up and shouted out, Dive was coming across and I t- told him to shush up a bit. So that old mate didn't hear in the break. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, yeah, no, I was I was happy for him to keep keep softening up. That's for sure. I would have thought his team car would have come up and said, you know, put the brakes on, you're coming across. Sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, you'd think so, but yeah, who know who knows what was going on there? But I think, yeah, I think Herfoss got he must have got real close. I think someone said he got within twenty seconds, and then I think he must have just blown because there was one stage where like, he was not far at all from us, and we just like thought, oh, he'll be here shortly. But then I think yeah, he just blew up in the end. Yeah, and I think that's when he blew up is when Dibble caught him and then they started working together and then, yeah, Coyle got there as well. But um, he's a he's, uh, standout ride from Herfoss in my mind. Pretty, yeah. pretty handy. Pretty it's pretty, it's pretty, yeah, we're pretty impressed, I think, because the gap, the gap was at, like, say, two and a half minutes or something. And then, yeah, someone come up and said, like, Troy Herfoss is com- coming across solo and he's, like, just there. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> so, yeah, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, he obviously puts in some miles on the bike. Yeah, that's for sure. I think, yeah, train trains a fair bit. I think he's got a fair bit of time off from his super bike schedule, which is handy. So uh, you you attacked at some point. What happened there? Um, yeah, so just before Waigawi, I think the guys, guys in the – we started slowing down in the break. I think, uh, yeah, Fido and the St. George guy were a bit fried and – uh, Dibble and the other two were getting pretty close to coming across and like you could also see the bunch coming across and I just thought, I don't know, I just felt like it was either going now or we're getting caught and I think I was, yeah, I had definitely a fair bit left in the tank. I was riding with him myself all day so I thought, yeah, we have to, like, yeah, there was no choice really, we have to go now or we're going to get caught so I attacked but then, yeah, Raf came with me and then I think the gap, gap blew out again a bit. Yeah, so I mean, history will show that Rafa's pretty pretty strong, and again another really honest effort by him. But I remember saying to you after the race, there was one point where I was sitting behind you guys and watching, and I I was sort of assessing everyone, and and you looked the worst. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I thought, oh, gee, Nathan doesn't look real good. But 
But then I thought, uh, and I actually made the comment to the guys in the car that, um, you know, he'll be right in another 5Ks. He'll, he'll come good. He doesn't hit his straps until after 200. So, uh, <laughs> no, I guess, yeah. It's, yeah, it's good, I think. I've, yeah. I know I'm always good in those long races and I've, yeah, I have confidence when, when it gets around, yeah, 200K that I always have, have another gear. So, yeah, it's good to be able to back yourself, I suppose, with that. And you guys opened that up pretty quickly then? Yeah, I think, yeah, we started going a lot. I think Rafi had a bit, bit worth more in the tank as well. And we started going a fair, fair bit harder than, yeah, what, both fully, fully committed and then it went out, which was, yeah, good. And I felt like, yeah, that was for sure the move. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that sort of deviation that they take before they get into Inverell now, that was interesting because I remember coming up to you guys in the car at one point saying, you know, you've got a minute, minute five, you're not going to get caught. Yeah. And that was just after the 10K to go sign. Yeah. And yeah. I, haven't done, I haven't done that race for, I don't know, seven or eight years. That was and, interesting, uh, our 10K to go sign, was it? <laughs> well, it was because I think it was about 16 or 17 Ks from the finish. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, you know, I was crossing my fingers that you wouldn't get caught after I made that call. But um, <laughs> So yeah. what happened on that stretch? You'd, you'd sort of worked pretty well together up until that point. But the, yeah, well... The, they were chasing then, weren't they? Yeah, I kept I kept looking back as I was worried because I think we were at that stage we were what we were both committed, but then I think we both had in the back of our minds to trying to save a bit for the finish. And I would have liked to definitely go solo or try and go solo earlier and start attacking, but just with the blockade wins, like there was no point because like it would have just been able to get on straight away. So I was just yeah waiting until the final climb or the finish. But yeah, I think. Mm. Yeah, we managed to yeah have enough time at the base of the climb, I think. But, yeah, it ended up close in the end. Yeah, well, I think Draper were chasing pretty hard and so were um, ACH. I think Michael Michael Potter did a ton of work um, yeah. you know, to try and, try and get – is it Cam Scott? Yeah, yeah. Cam, yeah, Cam yeah, Scott, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so they, they were they were coming really quick. We were looking in the review mirror and just thinking, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I got here. Yeah, I think I've got a body sore neck in here now. I must look behind a thousand times because I could see see lights in the distance because the road kept going up and down and whatever. You could never see like so far behind, so I wasn't too too sure how far behind they were. So on that final climb back up to the highway where you go left, and it's the last, you know, what is it, five k's in the interval? Yeah, I think it's five k to go. You you had a bit of a dip up there. Yeah. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, obviously everyone knows Raf's Raf's proven to be a pretty pretty quick sprinter. So I thought, yeah, for sure, I had to had to have a crack out there and try and drop him. And I think, yeah, he even said I got got pretty close to showing him, but he was able to claw his way back. Yeah, that was that was real man on man. That, <laughs> it was, that, yeah, he he looked down and he looked at his back wheel, and I thought, oh, you've got him, mate. <laughs> he just he's a tough bike rider. He he. Uh, he hung in there and just managed to get back. Yeah, yeah. And no, I was, I've, we've been racing together the last few weeks a fair bit, like in the local VRS stuff. So when it was just us two off the front, I was like pretty happy to be with him because I knew we'd both both fully commit, which worked out well. But then, yeah, I couldn't show him. And then over the top, we started mucking around a fair bit, which is I think why the bunch got back on. Well, well almost got back on in the end. Yeah, 
Mm. And then, yeah, then we were just mucking around. Well, we slowed up massively and started started mucking around a bit. And then down the hill, like the last few came to into Inverell, I think um, we thought we had a lot more time than what we did. And then, yeah, the the rough looked back and we could see the bunch and there was, yeah, a bit of panic there. And we had to like, fully commit, <laughs> which was yeah. funny. And then in the coming into that final right-hand turn into the finish straight, you had him on the front. Yeah, yeah, there was, yeah, I think I put him on the front like one and a half K to go or something. There was, yeah, there was no way I was going to be waiting that out with him being the being the quickest, well, no, to be the quickest sprinter. But yeah, I'd actually, yeah, I backed myself a fair bit there because, yeah, my sprint's the same after 300 K is what, <laughs> what it is after zero K. So, yeah, yeah. and I think, yeah, I just t- timed it well. I managed to get over him like, just before the line. I think you can see in the finished photo, it was pretty close. It was pretty close, <laughs> but you were, clearly, you were clearly coming quicker. Yeah, and, yeah. I think I guess it was a timing thing, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I'd like to say I just, just timed it well. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't look at the results, but I'm not sure how fast how far behind the bunch were, but it wasn't much. No, wasn't I think I think they put them at like five seconds or something. Yeah, right. And so, that, yeah. that bunch kick was won by Cam Scott from ACA. Yeah, Cam Scott yeah. was a pretty impressive rider. Then AJ from how guys Yeah, was, AJ he managed to get fourth. Yeah, yeah and then another Br- a Brisbane rider, I think, was in fifth. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the, yeah. the name escapes me. But um, I, I, the thing that I thought that came out of that after sort of going back over it and reviewing it was – the bunch was so close at the end, and it was a it was a reasonable size group. Yeah, it sort of belied how hard the day was. Yeah, to yeah. Me, it was right. like you guys had basically been off the front the whole day. Yeah, and done it the hard way to only beat the bunch by four seconds. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was fun. It was I mean, funny, it was a beautiful it was a beautiful race for that reason. But, yeah, but you know, uh, I was talking to Sammy Crime on the way back to the Gold Coast to fly out. Yeah, um, and he was telling me he averaged. I can't remember what his normalized power was for the for the six hours forty whatever it was. Yeah, but it was it was high two hundreds. Yeah, and I thought, and I think his TSS. Oh, I want to say it was four. Yeah, I got four four fifty TSS. Yeah, just so, explain that what TSS is. Um, so it's basically a uh, hundred TSS is kind of the equivalent of riding an hour at threshold. So I think it's just the scale to say how hard your ride is so i think what 450 tss would be the same as doing four and a half hours at threshold kind of thing which is so basically like doing a, a four and a half hour time trial for yeah noise. yeah pretty much yeah and, and so, that sort of tells a story what was it like 230 k's yeah three thousand however many meters of climbing yeah yeah that's it yeah it's a tough day isn't it yeah it's a tough it is a tough day but uh, is that the toughest toughest one you've ever ridden um, I don't know. I think, I don't know. It's hard to say because like, yeah, obviously I won. So it's hard, hard to remember how hard it was, but yeah, I felt pretty good, but it's always hard grafting for sure. But yeah, that was def- definitely a hard one. I think, uh, the year that Paddy Lane won was also, also a hard one. We were in the break all day, but yeah, that headwind was pretty brutal. I think made it the hardest. I think you had to be pretty tough to, Want to be out there in the break for a start, to be honest. Yeah, well, I thought, yeah, I knew not many people would want to be, and I thought it it either. I didn't know how it would go. I thought the the block Edwin would be the like play into the breaks hands, and it would just shut the bunch down, or it would just like fully explode the break. But uh, luckily, yeah, we managed to tick it off. 
Yeah, well, it was an inspired ride, mate. Um, fantastic. What's what's up for you next? Uh, so I'm going to Korea on the 28th of May, which is not far away at all. And then racing tour of Korea. So that thing starts on the 30th of May. And then go from there to Europe for a couple of months in Belgium. So that'll be good fun. Fantastic. Battle racing will suit you down to the ground. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It does, does suit me over there. There's not too many races over here in Oz that suit me, so it'll be good to get over there. Mm. Oh, fantastic, mate. Thanks for uh, taking the time to talk to us and uh, best of luck in Korea and in Europe. Yeah, I'll sit, see you over there in, in a few weeks for some Belgian beers. We, we can sit down and have a Belgian beer and uh, discuss whatever's happening between now and then. Yeah, for sure. All right, mate. Good All right. on you. All right, cheers. Cheers, bye.